I've always been perplexed where there's so much sunlight in India, but there's not enough energy, and we are importing energy and crude oil. It's all about cost. You know, if it makes sense for the user, uh, it's a, there's a cost benefit for him, then he's going to adopt it. Uh, all the love for climate tech, it comes on the later stage, the add-on things. You know, the icing on the whole. People have become more conscious in their choices to a sustainable product. The fact that recently, uh, specifically from my observations in Mumbai, I think I've seen increasing the uh, number of electric uh, Swiggy rides and uh, Zomato rides, right? How are, uh, how are these fish? Are these on rental models or are they outright bought by Zomato, Swiggy or their drivers? How are these uh, working? Hello and welcome to a brand new episode of Fintech Ki Baat Dil Se. In today's episode, we bring you a brand new format called Jab De Met. Jab De Met is going to be a series of panel discussions and fireside chats with industry experts exploring various new topics and dissecting a single topic from multiple perspectives. Taking that uh, flavor into continuation, in today's episode, we have with us uh, Aditya Damani, founder of Credit Fair, a digital lending NBFC, and Mishwarun Goenka, founder of ChargeUp, an e-mobility platform. Hi, Mishwarun. Hi, Aditya. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Shias. Hi, Shias. Thanks for having us. It's a pleasure having you, and thank you so much for your time. Uh, having said that, uh, let's get on to the topic of today which is how will fintech revolutionize the clean tech industry uh, just to deep dive a bit more into the topic and to the background context uh, essentially uh, clean tech refers to uh, in this conversation specifically e-mobility and rooftop solar and uh, power uh, solutions as such and one of the problem treatments that uh, I think I've identified that kind of plagues this uh, industries is essentially uh, the initial high cost of investment when getting into uh, this specific technologies, like or when adopting this technology specifically for retail consumers. And uh, the idea is to understand how uh, you know Credit Fair and eCharge-Up are kind of uh, working together to solve for those kind of problem treatments. So let's dive deep right into it. Um, old Omeshavarun uh, would want to hear a bit about you as well as uh, what ChargeUp does. Okay. Thanks, Shras. Um, so, Shras, um, ChargeUp, we are a, um EV platform where we are building a driver-first ecosystem. Uh, okay. Call ourselves as a fine tech company where we, you know, provide finance, network and tech for the last mile mobility drivers. All right. So finance, network and tech. So, fine tech. Okay. So, you know, uh, if you see EV industry, uh, firstly, is there anyone, you or me, buying an EV? The first question is about the capital expenditure and second is on the range anxiety. Mm-hmm. But as you move ahead on the larger side of the industry, there's an issue of it's a subsidy-driven market. True. So, you know, lack of underwriting, there is no buyback arrangements, mm-hmm. high financing cost. So, together, there's a large problem for the industry to grow. Right, right. Charge up what we, uh, you know, provide solution. We start with network, energy as a service, swapping, charging, so that first level the driver gets ease that okay, there is no lack of infra while it's using an EV. Hmm. And second, then we provide him the financial services in terms of buying from EV adoption to 
मैनेजमेंट असेट मैनेजमेंट कंप्लीट एट चार्जेस सो दैट्स अबाउट अस बी यू सेड राइटली यस इन दिस यू नो क्लीन टेक स्पेस बीट मोबिलिटी और रूफटॉप सोलर योर इनिशियल केपेक्स इज हाई बिकॉज ऑफकोर्स फर्स्टली दिस हैजेंट बीन अ मास अडोप्शन सेकेंडली यू नो टिपिकली वी डोंट लुक एट अ लाइफ साइकिल कॉस्ट वी लुक एट द इनिशियल कॉस्ट ऑफ अडोप्शन फाइनेंस प्ले द मेजर रोल यू सी एनी इंडस्ट्री फाइनेंस इज लाइक द इन्फ्लेक्शन पॉइंट वेयर दैट इंडस्ट्री ग्रोस चेंजेस दी ऑबिट ऑल टूगेदर सो या आई थिंक एंड स्पेशली न्यू एज फिनटेक कंपनीज वॉट एट क्रेडिट फे दे आर डूइंग इज डेफिनेटली नॉट अ ट्रेडिशनल बैंकिंग विल बी एबल टू डूशली इवन आफ्टर आई हैीन इन रूफटॉफ सोलर government has uh, you know included that into priority sector lending still use the adoption is less and the financing is still not easy for a common man mm-hmm. and uh, given with that i think also the plethora of options and what kind of uh, a system to choose and what kind of install i mean the right kind of installation service is also pretty important when it comes to it yes yes i think i completely understand uh, i mean completely understand and agree with the uh, problems that you have mentioned and uh, I'm glad that there are uh, people like you out there who are actually trying to solve for the common man over here uh, basically this streamlining the adoption. Uh thank you so much for that uh, overview. Uh over to you Aditya I think you uh, you are being coming on the podcast for the second time and I think your previous episode also you know was one of the audience's favorite. So many of our uh, existing audience already kind of know you pretty well. But just for people who have you know joined us recently and might have missed your episode a quick overview of you and what uh, Credit Fred does. Yeah, uh thanks so much Shreyas. Uh really happy to be back and glad uh, if the audience has appreciated it. Uh but I'll uh, refresh uh you know for everyone's knowledge. Uh, so Credit Fair is an impact focused uh, fintech lending uh, uh startup uh and a platform. Uh so we have a B2B2C origination model uh for helping uh, a merchant to enable point of sale based lending. So um um within impact categories uh green energy or climate tech as you called it uh there is education there is healthcare so these are a few um use cases which we are financing uh, we deeply engage in the ecosystem and ensure that uh the awareness as well as accessibility uh the cost of ownership can be affordable for the common man by either providing no cost tmi or easy um and as a platform we also connect um the lender lending ecosystem or uh, we call it low cost of capital to these borrowers so the low cost of capital comes from banks uh, impact funds nbfcs or even the uh, retail investors got it got it perfect perfect thank you so much for the quick refresher aditya uh moving on to the next uh, next part of the conversation uh i would want to pose this question to both of you and uh, let's start with you aditya on this uh so while uh, you are an impact focused credit platform right what essentially kind of uh, pushed or uh, inspired you to basically you know create an impact on the clean tech uh, clean tech space as such and uh, why essentially do you think this was the right time to get into that right uh, so um, i mean frankly i think this is something that's been there with me since childhood uh, my family come from uh, rajasthan originally my grandfather Uh, and uh, you know, um, uh, 
I've always been perplexed where there's so much sunlight in India, but there's not enough energy, and we are importing energy and crude oil. Right. No. Uh, so um, yeah, I think it's uh, it's a problem that uh, I've always wondered uh, about. But um, I felt now was the right time because the technology has become much more commoditized. Mm. The number of players has really expanded. and uh, the affordability has kicked in the government is uh, you know very cognizant that targeting net zero emissions by 2070 yeah. uh, there's a global movement towards uh, making sure that you know we are uh, as a generation we are giving back to the environment and not just taking things you know so uh, overall i would say the macro tailwinds were there uh, but not just the macro tailwinds the micro uh, industry is also really uh, growing Uh, mm-hmm. with people like Varun the number of ev manufacturers that have come up the whole uh, solar um, installations has already been in gigawatts in india at a utility scale level but now is the right time where that same expertise can be applied even at a household level uh, mm-hmm. and uh, that that's where you know it was the right time to focus on this we had already worked with a uh, for example a player called urjan clean tech since 2019 Uh, we saw and understood the challenges both from a asset as well as a finance perspective um but the number of players like ujjan has really increased in the last one year and which is where i came here from the last time i was there on this podcast till now things are really doing a lot for us definitely definitely i'm glad to hear that and i think that really makes sense uh, personally also even though i have not been that entrenched into the clean tech space as such but i've seen uh, like been in the startup ecosystem actively i think i've seen a lot of uh, clean tech companies coming up uh, whether be it on uh, pure uh, what do you say micro mobility uh, side or uh, manufacturing side or as well as you know uh, from the rooftop solar and other uh, you know battery tech side as well uh, although i don't if if i try to kind of deep uh, deep dive into that i wouldn't be able to uh, understand about it much as of now i think uh, mr varun would be really you know helpful and throwing light on that stuff but yeah i think i've seen the trend uh, generally going upwards as you rightly said uh moving on to you mr varun i also have a special ask from you all the while the same question is also uh, posed for you as in why uh, this space what inspired you to get into the clean tech space and if i'm not wrong before this you were also uh, with an organization called ampere if i'm not right atlanta energy atlanta energy all right okay So yeah I mean you have been in this space for quite some time almost uh, more than half a decade if I'm not wrong so not a decade now almost a decade now okay awesome so yeah uh, that that probably is almost uh, right from the start uh, when the kind of uh, clean tech revolution began and the uh, consciousness came in about how we are ruining the climate and people actually started you know trying to change things uh, so yeah would want to hear a bit more about uh, why did you get into this space as well as uh, what uh, interesting uh, i would say developments have you seen like uh, for example in fintech we have seen a uh, few changes from web, right back when it started in 2012 uh, when you've seen you know like so a few companies coming in uh, without actually naming any but i'm pretty sure demonetization actually gave rise to a few companies and they kind of fizzled out couple of competitors came up so if you have seen any those kind of industry drama such uh, would also want to you know kind of get some uh, info on that so what do you So, uh, Shres, frankly, I come from a, a you know we are we are Marwari Baniya businessman. So, hmm. um, 
primarily it was not uh, driven by the love for clean tech or climate tech and 2010-11 frankly these towns didn't even exist you know, true it was more like an opportunity what we saw that kind of time that okay mm-hmm. this is a good opportunity it made sense uh, because uh, the prices were corrected for you know as it was a uh, the benchmarking was right for the industry to adopt solar at that point of time and now mm-hmm. ev say uh, i've seen uh, over years you know it's all about the adoption of any such clean tech peter rooftop solar or ev is all about cost you know if it makes sense for the user uh, it's a, there's a cost benefit for him then he is going to adopt it uh all the love for climate tech it comes on the later stage the add on things you know the icing on the whole cake but yeah right. the main is of the cost so interestingly when solar also we started that time uh, you know the cost uh, per unit cost of solar was almost two and a half times of the you know conventional power today it's at a parity we are there right. so uh major adoption happened in commercial sector when solar started especially mm-hmm. industries uh same thing same trend if you see in electric vehicles the first adoption started into last mile mobility the commercial vehicles the three wheelers and two wheelers right so it's a clear indication that yeah it has to make commercial sense and people who are generating revenue from these assets they are the first one to adopt it okay sure. uh going ahead yes if i look at now after post covid especially uh, and special people who are living in delhi you know where we are uh, used to of the polluting environment the pm 2.5 levels mm. uh, there has people have become more conscious in their choices to a sustainable products and i'm right. going beyond solar or ev i'm talking about any consumer product or you use if you see the next generation and mm-hmm. they actually look for products which are sustainable so there is inclination and i've realized this more when my 8 year old son in his school they have been taught a lot about this on the conservation of water you know sustainability that is the core subject around it so uh, going future i think that's the uh, and even if you look at the large corporations uh, today esg has become the core value around which they build up vedanta announced that they'll be subsidizing all the electric vehicles they employs by be a four wheeler or two wheeler oh wow now so i think globally now um, there's lo- it has become a cool thing uh, people have that focus around it and the next generation is making their choices towards sustainable product for sure hmm understood so i think that is that is that is good to know right i mean uh, basically these kind of paradigm shifts in consumer behavior will have to be inculcated from the next in the next generation right from the childhood and i think uh, if you're saying that uh, even kids in the school uh, even in second and third grades are getting are being ingrained with these kind of values and uh, specific uh, what do you say uh, consciousness climate consciousness and i think that is a great place to begin with right because that will make sure that we don't kind of so they don't kind of create one more input leg into the ongoing feedback loop and it sometimes ceases to exist as such no great i think that is that is really uh, insightful uh moving to the next piece uh, i would want to understand from you mr varun on how do you uh, what kind of challenges do you see specifically uh, when it comes to affordability and uh, penetration of these clean technologies right so what are the major challenges i think uh, as as you mentioned in uh, in your earlier uh, dialogue 
uh, that uh, affordability is probably and the priciness was earlier one of the problems because of which commercial adoption came first and retail is now creeping in. So how how is the current uh, industry landscape poised? So shares, um, you know, any new thing to um, have uh, reach to a mass adoption scale, you know, stage. Hmm. Stitching all the pieces together is a challenge. You know, um, how do you need to reach out to your audience? How do you need to put up the financial modeling? How you have to get the whole ecosystem together for this. Yeah. Uh, even when solar started, the you know it was the supply chain problems because all the panels were imported from China. To yeah. you know um, the level of understanding about the technology, how to. how will it perform the trust on that and the all these are stitched by a lot of government regulations around it yeah so uh, all these things coming together is something you have to wait you need to have a lot of patience you have to have a lot of persistence for this uh, and they will agree on this because beat uh, solar or ev and clean tech we have seen this and uh, yes but one major role which is played as a catalyst here is definitely finance Uh, if you look at automobile industry, uh, you know that '96-'97, when uh, you know that was under PSL and started financing, suddenly there was a, sh- a sudden shift in that. Mm-hmm. You see consumer goods and mobile phones. So same thing, we see it will be coming into EV as well. You know, just like a mobile phone, you pay five uh, thousand rupees down payment and you just take a two-wheeler home and pay energy as you use. So okay. finance will definitely be the major inflection point in all this and. and that's the challenge actually you know uh, what challenge we used to face 5 years back because that time the startup ecosystem was not that evolved today if i look for any financing solution uh, as aditya has taken a step towards you know uh, doing a underwriting a new way of underwriting these products mm-hmm. these consumers so that's something as the evo- uh, the startup ecosystem is evolving you know it's becoming easier to you know penetrate any such technology or product among the masses got it no i think i completely agree with you uh aditya aditya from your perspective when you are uh, when you are looking at this clean tech industry right uh, from a financing perspective how do you see the current landscape uh, let's say vis-a-vis traditional vis-a-vis uh, the new lenders or uh, the modern lenders right all right um i i would say uh, maybe first i could talk about like some of the uh, the lens in which uh, traditional lenders view this space right sure it's a whole new um asset or a whole new industry that has sprung up which uh, they, there is not enough of a history for them to bank on so what i mean by that is if it's a maruti car uh, if we compare it to a uh, like a ev uh they are very familiar that maruti cars life is going to be so much the resale value is going to be so much uh the chances of any defects or fires or anything like that is very low yeah. uh you know there is a big service network kahi pe bhi aap jao le ladakh mein bhi you can fix your car right True. so um so i think um it's a bit of a chicken and egg thing but uh because like uh, these uh, startups are primarily the manufacturers bajaj and tvs etc everyone is getting into ev but they are actually still like you know a bit slower toward produce these type of vehicles mm-hmm. so i think that uh, standardization of quality and the uh, trust in the manufacturer and the product 
I think that has taken a bit of time. So I would say that is one issue uh, from a financial perspective. And uh, secondly, um, uh, if I look at it from the uh, customer's perspective or from the manufacturer, you know, like uh, the tenure of the loans or the interest rate or kind of the AMC or the warranty that would be eligible, right? Uh, so all those um, uh, practical aspects in terms of ownership and maintenance, uh, you know, I think uh, getting a good understanding of that has not been easy. And that's where probably like a new age lender or a fintech has been able to understand these things a lot better, a lot faster, um, especially in, let's say, in, uh, the commercial applications as uh, Varun mentioned. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like a, a, a e-rickshaw driver or a swiggy driver, you know, that's a very different uh, type of profile of borrower, which is again not usually right. served by a bank. A bank will look for someone salaried or with a stable income, ITR, time state, like all these factors, right? Uh, oh, so, uh, looking at the trajectory and the future income of an individual uh, is not something a traditional lender is very comfortable with or their models are attuned to. So, I would say uh, uh, coming to both those things, like the quality of the product and the underlying economics and, uh, and underlying uh, income stability, income potential rather I should say of the underlying borrower. Those are things which a fintech has been able to understand uh, and that's where I would say still a lot of this is driven by fintech. Um, sure. uh, there, there could be uh, like an ether or you know some of these top manufacturers who are going a bit more after a, a cream uh, crowd of uh, you know prime borrowers who they are catering to. So there you will see probably like an IDFE first or a bunch of banks being present. Mm-hmm. Um, I would still say in uh, like a traditional dealership driven field of financing, still there is a decent penetration of uh, banks uh, or large NBFCs. But uh, that's still a smaller part of the market. So they are still not addressing the majority of the market, which is uh, there, whether in EV or in uh, rooftops. Understood. No, I think makes sense. And when we are when we are looking at this segment, uh, let's say when do you see an inflection point coming in wherein traditional financiers will be completely uh, ready to get into the EV segment with let's say uh, as much agility or as much readiness as the uh, normal uh, the modern uh, lenders. Um. So I I, I think. Uh... Like again, uh, for a individual consumer, probably they will uh, they are already there and they might go faster. On the commercial side, I still feel it's going to take time because even if they trust the product, uh, you know, like underwriting that type of borrower segment, um, I don't know if they're interested in or if uh, you know they will uh, adapt fast enough uh, to take on that. So I think that will take time. Uh, in residential solar, I feel there is an intention. But again, uh, typically what we've seen is a thing across fintech and that is an opportunity for players like us. Uh, once you go below a 50 lakh or a 20 lakh rupee ticket size, uh, banks are just not that attuned or they're not that interested. They eventually have such a large balance sheet that none of this really moves the needle. They probably would want to partner with the fintech as compared to do all these things themselves. Mm-hmm. Being the wholesaler and fintech being the retailer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. That's the standard model that they prefer to when they want to do a dipstick of the industry. But uh, having having said that, right? Uh, let's let's keep uh, the mobility piece uh, at, aside as of now and looking purely at rooftop solar. Uh, do you see a point wherein uh, 
let's say you are you let's say a couple of years down the line wherein uh, the demand for that surge is maybe because uh, either the penetration increases or the price parity is reached wherein uh, the initial capex is not that high enough that uh, a normal middle class person can actually you know uh, think about doing that do you see a point coming in wherein uh, lenders might actually be uh, traditional lenders might actually you know uh, might saw on the industry getting into i mean opening up new segments to just specifically address so maybe altering the policies specifically to kind of you know tap into this segment so traditional lenders have started looking at the segment uh, mm. then and uh, there is actually a lot of development funds which want to uh, support the growth of the segment so uh, for example like a bank of baroda or sbi have actually already tied up with some development funds who are giving uh, credit lines which are supposed to be deployed by the bank for uh, green energy uh, and uh, specifically rooftop solar actually uh, similarly sedbi is also about trying to uh, support the sector and support smes in uh, adoption of rooftop solar so i think there is already the uh, fuel or the capital is available but uh, the gap is in the underwriting the customer experience um and uh, you know just the overall uh, turnaround time uh, which i frankly have no idea when those things will get bridged or you know uh, that requires an entire internal rewiring of the entire entire uh, machine so that's that's where we are no that makes sense i think it makes complete sense uh having said that right uh coming back to uh, specifically uh, what you mentioned earlier right commercial segment has not uh, yet seen that much interest from traditional lenders and uh, i find that really ironic given the fact that commercial uh, commercial side is normally the first ones to adopt the newer technologies and adopt it more open mindedly because they see the long term rois that they can probably get from these technologies right so why do you think that is uh, that is essentially the scenario given the fact that these people the commercial industries are essentially the first ones to adopt these newer technologies oh, any, so pick up yeah yeah uh, i think varun would be in the right position to answer that uh, i'm happy to add um no stress i i didn't got a very clear your uh, your question is why uh, um the traditional lenders are not uh, comfortable with the commercial uh, you know the industries that adopters is that the question yeah yeah and uh, given the exactly and given the fact that they are normally the first ones to adopt these technologies right yeah. I, i don't think so uh, that's the case uh, you know uh, mm-hmm. if i talk about uh, at least in solar uh, initial days what we have seen is uh, the traditional lenders were more comfortable with the industries and you know the using for commercial purpose uh yes when you talk about the uh, mobility space it's the other way around yeah uh because here they are not uh, you know again uh, in solar it's a static thing you know right. uh, you can take it back but again there's no buy back uh in mobility you know there's always a risk they are it's too and you know with all these news around fire catching up in the two wheeler space and all so they have become more apprehensive on that so uh they they look at more personal mobility as a uh, more comfort level where they look at it like more like a personal loan you know not an asset backed loan uh, that is what my understanding uh, for these two sectors are i think aditya will be able to give more clarity yeah uh, i meant actually again for the ev segment not as much for uh, solar 
so uh, yeah i think uh, it's it's like what i said earlier about the uh, underlying uh, like more blue collar uh in the case of uh rooftop i mean not even rooftop i would say more like utility scale solar you know these are large companies let's say like a uh, reliance or whatever like large corporates who were backing these projects mm-hmm. so you know underwriting that was very easy but uh it's quite difficult to underwrite for um uh, you know for these other sectors yeah even i see uh, underwriting as the, uh, they're not actually underwriting the project or the product it's more they look at the individual balance sheet or their own credibility so that underwriting is not in place yeah that that's what i meant uh, exactly and the early adopters are like a swiggy driver or a so ola driver uber drivers i think like for example now uber itself is looking to do partnerships and encourage treats yeah. so that they can be more uber like electric cars in it right 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 so even uh, given the fact that recently uh, specifically from my observations in mumbai i think i have seen increasing the uh, number of electric uh, swiggy rides and uh, zomato rides right how are uh, how are these places are these on rental models or are they outright bought by zomato swiggy or the drivers how are these uh, working so um um uh, you know it's a mix of both um mm-hmm. they have drivers who own the vehicles and they uh, uh you know subscribe to their platform the zomatos and swiggies of the world and then there are also uh, drivers who work uh, through a fleet operators uh with mm-hmm. zomato swiggy where they are on the rentals they use these you know like the you lose of the world where they use these two wheelers as on rent so both the segment driver come ownership model and then there is a rental model got it got it no that makes sense all right uh moving on to uh, aditya you uh, one uh, final question from uh, credit trust perspective right uh, so you have been uh, dabbling into the clean tech industry for quite some time and you might have seen a couple of life cycles as well so how how has that experience been uh, uh, in, in for you essentially as a lender what what uh, if any what anomalies or what uh, any industry specific uh, behavior or insights you have okay um so i would say that uh, uh, for us as a fintech uh, you know it's uh, not just only about the lender but we need to make sure the manufacturer are uh, you know our sources of capital which uh, are different types of lenders as well as the end customer are all aligned and you know everyone's problems are being solved so to speak because of the value we bring to the table so uh, from the uh, lenders perspective i already mentioned you know uh, underwriting the asset or underwriting the borrower in a better way uh, that's where you know we have already been adding a lot of value and then accordingly uh, you know we have got uh, uh, let's say a ugro capital is come on board as a lending partner or we have uh, sbi and uh, other uh, type of uh, large lenders who are already working with on our balance sheet or of our balance sheet uh from the manufacturers perspective you know what we see is that um some of these manufacturers uh, like let's say tata power solar or uh, even such a large brand and a trusted brand has already been working with sbi but then they are only able to get uh, a good amount of approvals for you know a very seasoned uh, sme but as soon as you come to more of a msme or you come to uh, a residential 
there's a huge uh, gap and there's not actually enough accessibility or availability of of of, of, of financing so um so then you know we've seen that uh, we've been able to add a lot of value with uh, a customer centric approach same day disbursement or same day approval as required uh, we have been able to uh, also secure the asset in such a way that uh, you know we are uh, making sure that the product or service is aligned uh, with the customer's payments so let's say if you were paying in cash you might pay like 20% and 60% and then again 20% you know in milestones Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, even something like that, most lenders are not handling. Their systems don't handle such things. So right. we've been able to align such things uh, from a practical perspective, also, so that uh, the interests of the lender and the manufacturer and the end customer is all completely aligned and protected. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I think what we see is that as long as the um, uh, the cost of ownership, like uh, uh, like Varun mentioned, you just put in a like a some down payment to show your skin in the game and deftis finance is available you know the customers are very happy to adopt this they just have to make sure that the product or service that was promised is actually received by them so let's say in rooftop solar uh, someone said that aap electricity bill bhul jao pura aapke solar se aa jayega uh so you know if such uh, things are being promised we as a lender have to make sure that actually they are being delivered Uh, otherwise, yeah. uh, it could hurt the interests of the consumer and our interests as a lender. True. So, uh, but but we've seen actually, you know, like on average, uh, at least seventy-five percent of the electricity bill of a customer comes down, which is, uh, uh, I mean, a substantial saving. And mm-hmm. basically, the asset is paying for itself. So, uh, and when that happens, you know, as a lender, you're quite secure. Um, So, so yeah, these are the sort of nuances, maybe, or uh, I'm not sure if I completely answered your question. So, add anything that you'd like to know more. But yeah, just aligning all the players together, and that's something we really focus on. Got it. Got it. Any anything specific uh, from a lender's lens that you see uh, that is. Uh, I mean that is unique to this specific industry. Let's say from an underwriting perspective or from a credit behavior perspective of the consumer. Yeah, I think the focus has to be a lot on the early warning signals. If I talk from a lender's perspective, so um, you know the early warning signal would be, let's say, in the case of a rooftop solar, was the panel installed in a certain amount of time? Or uh, the great thing about this segment is also that the central government is giving subsidies, at least at a residential level. So you know, is all the uh, paperwork or is all the things that are required to uh, avail that subsidy happening in time? Uh, so those are a couple of things. So um, if uh, if a certain installer is not supporting the customer enough, then we need to get that early warning signal and probably not work with that installer. Of of a rooftop solar, mm. um, and then uh, beyond that, let's say they even installed it, but then is every month the generation actually happening? Is the saving actually coming through? So right. tracking that as well through a data-driven methodology. So that's another aspect uh, we focus on, um, mm. and I would say there are probably similar parallels in the case of uh, EV as well. So you know, is the rider actually uh, using that battery in a very aggressive way, or are they actually, uh, you know, getting enough value out of it? Right. Is the value of the battery really degrading very quickly, or is it degrading progressively? 
over time uh, those are certain things that i pick up when i mean uh, so so yeah i think just uh, early warning signals to monitor the health of the asset is something which is more critical here than probably a personal loan got it got it so i think uh, that that's really insightful and given the nuances that you spoke about i think it is still quite some time before uh, and this is probably my speculation that traditional lenders will catch up to these kind of parameters that they have to monitor and probably get those systems in place or get right. those tabs in place that will help them monitor this at an individual consumer level this is what uh, my speculation is i mean uh, do correct me if you feel that i'm probably going a bit off uh No, no, not at all. Uh, that, that's where that's exactly what we feel that the value we can bring on board at the fintech. Uh, so uh, completely agree with you. Perfect, perfect. No, I think this kind of uh, nuanced, uh, nuanced towards some monitoring as well as you know uh, underwriting mechanism is kind of what is giving fintechs like uh, credit fair a bit more edge in this space as of now. Uh, fair. I think that makes sense. Uh, Mr. Varun, one uh, final question for you, and then uh, over to Aditya again for the same. Uh, what essentially is exciting you uh, in this space specifically, clean tech? Uh, let's say in the in the upcoming decade, what are you looking forward to the most? Hmm, interesting. Um, you know, um, very rarely you get an opportunity where. Um, there is a large business uh, opportunity in the market hmm. and uh, it's impactful uh, when sure. i say impactful you know my impact it starts first with the driver then to the climate so uh, that's something is most exciting for us as charge up uh, what we are building here is uh, for the future and what we are really excited as a team is you know uh, how we build an ecosystem where uh, we don't earn from the drivers we earn through the drivers mm. we make uh, you know the uh, the whole data uh, optimized services be it insurance be it finance be it you know various other services to make their lives better and i think that itself will you know uh, help a faster adoption of evs which will have its you know the impact on the climate yeah that that's the most exciting thing for us what uh, keeps us charged up to take this mission ahead <laughs> perfect perfect and aditya same question to you uh, in the upcoming decade uh, what excites you most uh, in this uh, beautiful scenario that's coming up between fintechs and uh, clean tech right uh, yeah so when uh, we started up credit said the motivation was how to help at least the million indians you know move up the credit ladder Mm-hmm. uh but uh, the, uh over the last 5 years I actually see a lot more opportunity on how we can help uh, uh the average indian so uh whether it's improving their credit score whether it's helping them save money or you know through let's say electricity savings or uh, reduce fuel bills mm-hmm. uh so actually day to day saving of uh is a big motivator now which we can see up front uh yeah. and uh, thirdly is uh, the wealth ladder where you know, we help retail make more money than a fd uh mm-hmm. hopefully not uh, with, with very little incremental risk so uh, those are the three uh, impacts uh, which we are motivated from a, a customer perspective uh, and uh, as uh, you know like uh, as a by product uh, we are actually also helping the environment which then be you know uh, uh, my boys or like barings boys will also probably appreciate 
so uh, so i think uh, that's what keeps us excited um i i think uh, that uh, you know like the government has set a target of uh, say 10 gigawatts just in residential uh, rooftops um, um so um you know in and that is not even over 10 years i think that that they want to facilitate mm. so uh, yeah we are looking to play our part in uh, enabling that and uh, even if we can enable like you know 10% or 20% of that i think it will be uh, amazing uh, and, uh, that's what keeps us going definitely you know, super i think this has been a really insightful panel you guys uh, thank you so much i think this is our time and uh, i think we have pretty much covered everything that we set out to so thank you once again for being so cooperative and for your time thank you thank you thank you